Welcome to another episode of the Brand Builder Show, the podcast that's designed to help Amazon sellers and future Amazon sellers become brand builders. See, there's a lot of opportunity in the e-commerce space right now, but only if you go in with the right mindset. And that's exactly what my two guests today have done. They've gone into this looking to build a real brand that becomes an asset of value over the next three to four years. Alex and Tom, my guests today, have grown their brand from zero to over a quarter of a million dollars of sales in a short period of time and are looking to scale up fast. They brought on investment, they work together as business partners, both things that aren't often talked about and it's an insightful conversation as we look at those aspects, the dynamics that they have, that they are both traveling around the world, Tom's getting married, Alex is going to Thailand, loads of stuff going on. It makes for a really interesting conversation so make sure you stick around to the end because it is going to really help you on your journey as you look to build a brand. So without further ado, let's dive into it. Awesome. Well, welcome to another episode of the Brand Builder Show. Uh, I'm here today with Tom and Alex. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Great to have you here. I'm excited to dive into uh, to your journey and uh, been exciting to see uh, the journey unfold so far. So we're going to unpack that a little bit today and talk about what the, what the future holds and uh, yeah, exciting stuff. To, uh, to get us kicked off, can you just sort of share us a little bit about your, your background? How did you guys kind of get into the Amazon space? What were you doing before that? When did you discover Amazon? All that juicy info. Give us a bit of background. Yeah, so I mean, first of all, thanks for having us on, Ben, and, and uh, giving us the time today. But yeah, so Tom and I both live in Barcelona at the moment. We, um, when did we meet? Like four or five years ago, I think. Um, so we kind of been yeah. friends for a few years and... I originally started on Amazon probably just over two years ago. I started selling in Spain because I was based in Spain and um, started selling there. Um, and, and Tom and I, whenever we met up and whatever, we would always talk about business. And Tom's always been like a bit of an entrepreneur type thing. So it was about 18 months ago that I was kind of looking to sort of really sort of, you know, take the, the Amazon thing to the next level. And Tom and I kept chatting um, and then... To be honest, I, I kind of had this mindset of like, it was my baby and I'd put all this work into it. And I was very sort of like cautious about maybe bringing some, someone else in. But um, in the end, yeah. it obviously turned out really well. So yeah, Tom and I started working on, working on it together. Um, and then, yeah, the, the, I guess the, the, rest is, the rest is history. But, but yeah, we just started out as friends and, and then now we're, we're, we're friends and, and business partners, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely something I'd love to dig into a little bit more later on because I've I've got a business partner and I think there's great strengths to that. Uh, but obviously, some people might, you know, question uh, the, the that how that plays into you know what you do sort of day to day. So I'd love to talk a bit about that as as time goes on. But um, so you guys have uh, quite open about your journey though, right? You know, you're talking about the last eighteen months, two years you've been growing this. Uh, you're kind kind of like uh, documenting it on your YouTube channel, right? The uh, the honest entrepreneurs, as you call it. <laughs> Not the easiest name to sell that. Alex, when Alex told me the name, that was his idea, to be fair. And I was like, I don't know if I could sell entrepreneur, man. That's a hard, that's a hard search every time. So we're going to have to be good at SEO. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good, though. It's, uh, it does what it says on the tin. There's, there's a, lot of, uh, a lot of fluff out there. So, um, you know, you guys are putting out, you know, real content about your journey. Um, uh, so can you talk to us about that journey of selling on Amazon last 18 months? Uh, how, how's that gone? How's it yeah. grown? Uh, yeah, it's been it's been very interesting to be honest. I mean, to, to your to your earlier point, like pre pre Amazon, um, my background was was sales, like pretty heavy sales. So actually, a lot of early twenties was a lot of bachelor parties. So like stag and hendus was my was my area, and then a bit more into kind of corporate events. But 
with the entrepreneurial side, we owned part of a kind of launched an inflatable games business mm-hmm. in Spain. Um, so when when Alex and I would meet up, it was kind of discussing that business versus what he was doing on Amazon at the time, and it just sounded really appealing to not to not deal with kind of drunk people every weekend that have got problems uh, that, are, that are calling you up at all, all sorts of hours. So uh, yeah, dive into Amazon. But the, re- the reason being really, we discussed it around the winter time. And I kind of, yeah, like Alex said, he was, he was keeping it kind of secret. And he, he told me up front, he's like, look, I don't want a partner. What he wanted was some money, not a partner. And I was like, look, I want to I get in there. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, when COVID hit, um, to be honest, it was, it was kind of a bit of a COVID baby. So we, we just went, I, I, my, my work completely stopped, to be honest. So I just went all in every day, like nine to five, watching videos, learning about Amazon, um, did the, like Helium, just kind of learning Helium 10, did the Freedom Ticket course, did like all, that, all that good stuff. I hit it really hard. And then we just, we, we moved fairly quickly. We did a fair bit of product research because um, at the time, Alex did have a brand already. Um, I think we, we I mean, this will be on our, some of our previous videos, but he had an existing brand in Spain. And the idea was let's scale this across Europe. So it was a good, a good product with good reviews. So we, we went straight in with that and, and placed the order. But at the same time, we also, that was in the, for the UK. Mm-hmm. We also wanted to launch in America. Mm-hmm. So we did completely separate product research. Um, I had a list of you know 20 or 30 products. Mm-hmm. And then like every couple of days we'd, we'd go through the list and do the pros and cons, cons of each. Yeah. Um, and in the end, I think it was in the May, we, we found a product which somehow only, only one other person on Amazon sold in, in the whole world, by the oh, way. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a while, a bit of a while to find that one. So yeah, we went with that and then, uh, yeah, we've kind of, kind of grown it since there. And I let Alex take over from where we, where we got to with the, the first two brands. Yeah. So as Tom mentioned, I, I already had this existing brand in Spain. Um, and it, it was, it was going quite well, um, but it wasn't. It, like the the ROI was quite small and the margin was quite small. And I always kind mm. of think of it as like, that's where I kind of cut my teeth in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And like when Tom came on board, I think the the advantage that we had when we paired up was like, Tom was just like a sponge. Like he went from like zero to, not to give him a big head now, but like he went from zero to like a hundred <laughs> so fast because obviously we had the time because of COVID, but because I already had that knowledge existing, like he didn't have to go through all of that you know, he was just bombarding me with questions every single day. And in the very beginning, it was like overwhelming a little bit. But then all of a sudden, he just went Oof, like that. And, and yeah, yeah. what it added to like the advantages that we then had, because there were two of us, I was like, why did I not just yeah. do this? Like, you know, before like, I felt like I'd yeah, yeah. made a mistake. But so we had the, we, I had the brand in Spain and, and I kind of sold out of all my stock um, in Spain yeah. with the plan of moving it over to the UK. And we did that, and the first product that we launched in the UK went really well. So um, we, we we flew to like the, the top of the category. We we're doing like 25, 30 units a day, um, and we were super happy. Like you know, I think we did like t- maybe 10, 12k uh, pounds in, in in the first sort of month. Like, and then all of a sudden we we just got hit with like um, just a run of bad luck. Like we well we stocked out on one variation, and then we got banned by Amazon. Um, we, we, we have a suspicion that it was kind of maybe one of the competitors, but like yeah, like a lot, long, yeah. long story short, our, our best selling ASIN, um, was offline for just under like two months. I think Tom, was it? Uh, at that time, our, our account was basically, we couldn't, we couldn't get in. We had numerous other, other issues, but effectively we couldn't, uh, we had, we, 
what we done is we launched, it went amazingly well. We ordered a lot of stock for Q4, like we went all in, like we were like super happy with the reviews were good, the product was good. There are two variations of it as well. Placed a huge order, then we got banned. So we couldn't even create a shipping plan. So all this stock was stuck in China. Um, in the end, we had, to, we had to bring it over to, to the UK and store it somewhere. But we, we then, I mean, this was like every day on the phone to sell a support. Um, I mean, because like, Alex is still working full-time at this point as well. So he was doing it around his full-time job. Yeah. I was doing it as my full-time job, but all I was doing was basically trying to get through to Amazon every day. So I think overall from when our first, our first account creation, the day we made our account, we also got banned for a month, which is an, an internal error with Amazon. But we had a hundred, I think 110 days of ban wow. uh, within our first kind of four or five months. So it taught us a lot about kind of perseverance and how to get through the seller support and how to escalate cases yeah. and all these things. But in the end, you know, when you get, I don't know if you've been banned before, but they give you a reason that you, you've been banned yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's kind of vague and you're meant to work it out. And then you go down these kind of forums that are just like a black hole of negativity yeah. and the Facebook groups and the, and then you kind of get, get, you get approached by these services that quote you $500 an hour to, to write you a, a kind of appeal letter. Yeah. So our reason for the ban got changed three times. So it kept, it kept getting updated, so we never knew. And everyone tells you, like, fall on your sword. You definitely must have done something wrong. Yeah. And in the end, we were like, you're wrong. That like, we, we called Amazon out, said they were wrong, and that's what got it resolved. But they never told us the, the, the reason, and it was just a bit, of a bit of a mystery. But by the time we got back online again, our rankings just tanked, like, and ridiculously hard. So even though we had a lot of stock, we couldn't then, because we, we blew... We basically blew our budget on the big order yeah. and we hit the PPC very hard. It's quite a competitive niche. Yeah. So by the time we got back in stock, we couldn't really afford to re-rank, to be honest, because you had to go so heavy on PPC. So moving forward with that kind of jumping ahead now, we actually, in the end, we've, we've killed that brand as of just about now, which yeah. is a real shame because it's four and a half stars. We've got hundreds of reviews, oh, yeah. uh, but we just couldn't get the rank back. So maybe we might, re might revive it, but... At the, in, the, in the same time, the the brand we launched in America, that one product we started with, it just went really well from, yeah. from day one. Yeah. Um, it's also super lucky. It's, it's a product that can get produced from, from order to production is about four days. What? So four or five days, which you got, yeah, it's pretty wild. <laughs> oh, um, so we can, <laughs> when, before shipping went ridiculous, I think our record from order to at Amazon was like four and a half weeks, like turnaround, mm -hmm. which was so we were like thinking this is the one we're going to go for this this product this grow this brand out yeah. obviously shipping's got a lot more difficult since mm -hmm. then but yeah we've kind of like we've kind of grown out from that product we've launched a range around that around that niche now yeah. um and we kind of just focusing we're laser focused on one brand rather than trying to build two to begin mm -hmm. with and then we might revi revive the first brand if we can basically yeah, sounds good talk to me a bit about the um the uk us thing right because there's a lot of people that live in the UK and think selling in the UK is, is the best thing to do. And, um, you know, a lot of UK YouTube content is sell on Amazon UK. And there's definitely some benefits to that, right? But you guys have gone with the US and seen some good success there. Uh, what's been your reasoning for going to US? Uh, what's been your experiences with it? How would you compare? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, this was, um, I made in, not, not, I don't want to say like an even bigger error because I don't, I don't want to imply that it's a, I think it's an error to sell in the UK. But like I, I mentioned, I originally started selling in Spain and that was just simply because like a lack of understanding really. I thought because I was living in Spain, it, it made the most sense and it was quite low competition, yeah. whatever it was. Um, but yeah, then we eventually moved over to the UK. But it, I think it was 
the reason being was we just, when Tom came in with like fresh eyes, I, I think I sort of had this like, um, this idea that like, well, you know, everybody, everybody that I knew that was from the UK was selling in the UK. So I just kind of like, I didn't, I didn't really, and I think, I think it was just Tom saying, why don't we look at the US market? And I think my mm. response was, oh, but it's really competitive and it's difficult to set up an account. And this was one of the benefits of bringing Tom in and having like fresh, a fresh um, sort of like point of view on it was he was like, well, I'll just take a look. And I think he was just like, no, it's, it's easy to set up the account. So I had this sort of, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like a, a preconception. Epiphany? And that as oh, well, sorry. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I had this like preconceived idea that wasn't really backed up by any sound logic that it was very difficult to yeah. start selling in the US. So basically, yeah, once Tom came in and he was like, no, let's just, so it was, it was kind of due to him and just sort of seeing it from a fresh point of view. So we basically, yeah, we, we set up the account and I remember saying to Tom, I was like, I actually thought it was way more difficult than that. And we got the account set up really yeah. easily. We got everything that we needed to start selling there. And then the more that we looked at the US uh, market, we realized that it's actually, I would say it's less competitive because Okay. What you find is there's there's niches in the US that just don't exist in the UK. There's no demand for them. Yeah. So what you so yeah. our niche doesn't there's not too much demand for our niche in in the in the UK. But what it means that in the US, like Tom said, there was only one person selling this product. So um and their listing was terrible. So what we found the difference between the UK and the US is is that in the US you can find these like super obscure niches that that don't exist in any of the other markets because there's just nowhere near as much demand, but then you go into them and the actual, the actual level of the competition is lower because the sellers are just not as, not as good at Amazon. You know, you often find people are, you know, there's, there's someone in our niche that, that in, in the height of the, the season for the niche, um, yeah. they're doing 60, $70,000 with a listing with one photo. Um, and you, I mean, and I'm not saying you can't find that in the UK, but that was one of the main differences is that we found, we were finding a lot more products we, we, we found because in the UK, it was all the same stuff coming up and it's almost like, yeah. do you want like a small slice of like this big, the, the pie is smaller basically in, in the UK because the, yeah, the yeah, market's yeah. just a lot yeah. small. Um, so yeah, once, once we kind of, and, and I think that's one of the things that I see a lot with people from the UK and. Is, is the kind of thing, well, I'm in the UK, it's just easier to, and it, and it is, and there are the advantages, like you said, you know, you've got the European markets and stuff like that. And um, some of the niches are way more competitive in the US, but overall, yeah, we, yeah. we found it easier to find the products. And once, once we created the accounts, it was um, pretty simple. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, to be fair, to add to that as well, sorry, Ben, go ahead. No, no, you go. I was, I was going to say that, there are like the, the elite Amazon sellers in the States are definitely better than the UK, like, like the, the kind of high end mm. niches, but which obviously then just because we're moving in those kind of in those waters, like we still check them out. But then what, what we then do, we find that it makes us make our listings such good quality yeah, yeah. that when we do launch in the UK, so we, we have launched this, the second brand and we've got, we've got one product now in, in the UK, but our listings is so much better mm. than the most people's because we're, our barometer is, 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 is higher, um, against, cause we're not, we're not comparing ourselves to like the other guys in our niche because they're, they're, there's not great at Amazon. But if we then look at the, the elite on Amazon, uh, you kind of just, you're just moving in 
kind of up in your performance levels, yeah. which which is, is better overall for the business. Yeah, and I think um, that, that's a huge point, you know, because you, it forces you to up your game, which is such a key element of it. Your skills are such a massive part of, you know, growth in the business. But also I think that, you know, Alex, you mentioned about Europe, um, you know, you can get easier into Europe. But now with Brexit, that's way less of a, yeah. you know, a reason to start in the UK because uh, it's easier to launch in the US than it is in Europe for a UK seller, you know, for us with our toy brand that we started this year, we'll be launching in the US next year before we launch in Europe, even though Europe feels like it's right next door, it's far easier and cheaper to launch in the US because of taxes and Brexit and all that rubbish. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing how much easier it is than people realize, hey. For sure, yeah, that's that's a Definitely. really good point. Yeah, I, we we've been kind of out with the, the the Brexit loop a little bit, I guess, because we're we're based in Spain and also most of our business is mm. in the US. But yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah, it used to be the dream days. It used to be you could sell from the UK and you could launch in all European marketplaces, and Amazon would ship it from the UK. It would yeah. be slightly more per unit, yeah. but you didn't have to pay any VAT registration until you hit certain thresholds, and it was it was amazing. But obviously, those those days mm-hmm. are gone, and so US is definitely you know, uh, a better option. And it's, you know, it's no different, right? Because we run a business where you don't touch the, the stock. It goes straight from your supplier to the warehouse anyway. So what difference does it yeah. make if that warehouse is down exactly. the road yeah. or if it's in the US? So yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And th- that's obviously quite applicable for you guys because you, you guys are traveling, right? You uh, are from the UK, but you don't live in the UK. Talk to us a bit about uh, that dynamic. As you can probably see, we're both extremely tan gentlemen. So we have to... Uh, <laughs> We had to move over to the to Mediterranean. Now, I mean, we just we we both you meet a lot of people in like when we both travel quite a lot before, like we kind of Australia and, and Southeast Asia, kind of all the all the classics and like South America, those kind of places. And you meet a lot of kind of like minded people. Mm. Um, but living in Barcelona, it's 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 quite a transient city. Okay. So I think the reason Alex and I became such good friends is is actually quite. Well, in our mid twenties, it was quite rare to meet people that were actually entrepreneurial. You meet a lot of a lot of party party goers, a lot of party boys and party girls. It's yeah. it's good. It's a good place to be, and it's, it's fun. But it's quite easy to get lost to the city of Barcelona because yeah. it's, it's like a bit of a, a, a bit of a sweet shop, to be honest. And it's kind of nonstop activities to do. So that's why why we became good friends, being kind of entrepreneurial, and, and then traveling around and, and the, the lifestyle we wanted to live. We kind of realized a couple of years ago, like the nine to five thing people do in, I mean, it's all over the world people do it, but it doesn't really exist in Spain. So we're already, we're already a bit offset from that. So say in Spain, you work from, it sounds silly, but like say you work 10 till six, but the fact that you can work from 10 means you don't stay in on a weeknight because you need to get up early to work. Yeah. You kind of, you're already living your own kind of by your own means a bit more yeah. and you're a bit more relaxed. So you, you, you manage your time a bit better, I think. Yeah. So we knew our, our work-life balance. We want we wanted it to be a certain way. So then, we both had kind of fairly flexible careers beforehand um, in terms of like managing our own time. But the next logical step was working for ourselves. So now, when we're moving around, still. So at, at the minute, actually, I'm over in I'm over in the UK, but we still kind of we schedule our our weekly meetings, um, and we kind of we stick to the, when when they're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, we kind of we use we use Notion to kind of plan our weeks out. Mm-hmm assign tasks to each other um we do we, we definitely have to be, be pretty disciplined with that yeah. um and alex is actually about to jet off to asia i ruined his surprise sorry <laughs> but yeah so we're going to be dealing with a time difference then as well but to us it seems like as long as you keep keep the discipline then 
it, it doesn't really matter to us. Yeah, that's the beauty of this business, right? You can run it from wherever you are, but it, it must provide challenges for you guys. What what's uh, what are the challenges? Because there'd be people that are listening to this that think, you know, I'd love to travel and run this business. I'm still trying to convince my missus to go to the uh, to the Alps for a, a season of skiing, <laughs> but uh, we've got two kids that apparently need to be looked after or something. So, um, and, uh, <laughs> but you know, but it's possible, right? You can, you can run this business from wherever, but it's it provides challenges. What what do you have to kind of deal with if you? There's different if you were just staying in one place i think the biggest challenge that we've faced is is the structure is you've got to be like super disciplined um when we are working in the same place um you know we often meet up and we try and get into a routine like we go to the gym together and like with that into amazon we talk about it 24 7 um but you can find that you can find that discipline slipping away a little bit so especially when you're working remotely you have to like you, ha- you have to just put that structure in place. So, you know, we have the, the weekly meetings at, at the same time um, every week. Like Tom said, we use um, we, we use Notion to organize everything. Um, we try and sort of um, every month or so, we try and like refocus kind of like what our high level sort of goals are because it's very easy with Amazon, especially with all of the logistics and the PPC and, and all of that sort of like in, in the weeds type type work. It's, it's it's easy to lose sight of like the bigger picture. Um, Tom and I's goal is to is to have like a seven or eight figure exit in the next you know like four years, and in order for us to get there, we need to always make sure that you know we're doing all of the in the weeds work, but we're also sort of like every every couple of weeks we come back and we assess the bigger picture. Like, are we heading in the right direction? Um, is what we're working on the you know the key things that are going to drive growth? And one of the one of the biggest things that we um, probably i guess in the, in the last 12 months we really really tried to work on is um the, like the 80 20 rule because we found that we yeah, were yeah. you know we found that we were doing a lot of like busy work and 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 kind of just get just getting bogged down a little bit sometimes in, in a lot of like smaller tasks so um if anyone's not familiar with the 80 20 rule it's um that 80% of of your progress or your results or whatever come from sort of 20% of your, of your actions and now the way that we use that is we, we try and make sure when we sit down and we plan our time is we say like, right, what, what are the tasks that are going to get us from, you know, A to, to C or D? And, we, and once we started to think like that and we, we started to really sort of um, prioritize those, those top tasks, um, that was when we started to see, to see a lot more progress. And I think that's even more important when you're working remotely and you're trying to travel about is because mm-hmm. it's easier you don't have that nine to five structure and routine. So you've got to be super disciplined to be able to try and, you know, have that, um, have that structure in your time and your work to try and like yeah. hit, hit the goals. I think you also have to be, you kind of, it's good to hold yourself accountable. Have it, having the business partner, one, one of the main benefits is we know a lot of Amazon uh, kind of businesses is, is sole operators. Yeah. So obviously a lot, of, a lot of pressure on one person, but you, you, you kind of read quite a lot about people wanting accountability. I can't speak, accountability partners, yeah. which obviously we just naturally have now yeah. from, from each other. So it's a massive bonus having that for, for the business partner. Yeah, I was literally about to say the same thing. You know, I one of the biggest things for me that I've loved about having a business partner is that exactly that accountability. So I think before I, I probably drifted because there was days where 
you know, I was finding things hard and, you know, I was just like, oh, checked out mentally and it would just drift for a few days, a few weeks, whatever. But having that business partner, you know, like, oh, no, I need to get this done because I'm on the clock against them, you know, and, and it's a healthy thing, right? You know, obviously it could get bad, I suppose, if if you've kind of fell out about that. But, you know, I've found it to be a really, really helpful thing. Um, have you guys found any challenging dynamics with that, you know, for anybody that's thinking about starting a business with a business partner, any warnings you'd give them on that? Or? I was, I was just going to say, why do you think his name is Asia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, like one, one of the thing, and I, I know obviously with the, the, the name of our sort of channel and everything is the honest entrepreneurs. And that, that kind of came from this idea of, of just transparency and being honest. And that's the way that Tom and I try to work. And, the amount of time that we spend speaking and the amount of time that we work on the business, like I think it's a testament to, 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 to our working relationship of, of how well it's worked because we do disagree on stuff that I'm not saying it's, that it's not a perfect relationship where we, you know, it's all sunshine and roses. But I think the main thing is, is just being honest with each other. And, and we both know that we, that we're in the end goal. We want the same thing and we, we both respect each other and we can disagree respectfully and, and, um, it's not easy because sometimes there's some big decisions that you might disagree on. Yeah. And sometimes you think, well, if you were just on your own, you, you would have this clear decision. But then mm. there's been multiple times where, you know, we've, we've, we've disagreed on something and it maybe it's got not, not heated where we're arguing or like super bad or whatever, but we've maybe disagreed and then taken a step back. And we, we always come back and we just say, all right, let's, let's present kind of both sides and let's, let's try and view this mm. as, as objectively as we can. Um, yeah. and sometimes like, I'll admit there was things that I was super stubborn on cause I can be like a right stubborn yeah. mule sometimes mm. Tom disagreed on. And then in hindsight, Tom was right. Or, or maybe vice versa a couple of times yeah. as well, but I don't know, but yeah, just, just having, <laughs> having, I think having that, um, and honestly, I could, you know, it, it, it's not easy to find a business partner like that, but I think that is one of the yeah. key things. If you can try and mm. try and have that sort of like transparency and an honest sort of feedback between yeah. your in your relationship it really helps yeah yeah it makes you i think i think it's definitely a point of like separating as well like there's because we were good friends beforehand mm. there, there are those moments like like alex said we we naturally just speak about work mm. all the time so it doesn't really but then again it doesn't really feel like work a lot of the time because we enjoy it yeah so but be, being able to speak to each other alex is a pretty direct bloke so like if, if he thinks anything he'll just say it but I, I'm naturally probably a bit more optimistic. He's a bit more pessimistic. But that, that actually works really well because we kind of rein each other in from both ends and, and, and balance each other out. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's a dynamic which probably I've had business partners previously in, in the in the inflatable games business, and it, it worked well with them. There actually there was four of us, and the first day we made the business, one of the guys who's a bit older than, than me, he, he was kind of saying that partnerships don't work. I don't really know why we're doing this, but we did it anyway. And four people's thoughts at once is is hard um so to me two is way easier and maybe in the end it'll end up being one if we fall out but we'll see but for now it's uh it's working pretty good i think hopefully just don't fall out until it's an eight-figure brand and then you've got half each yeah yeah exactly no, it's good though. I think you're right. It just makes you analyze things a lot more. And I know there's decisions I would have just rushed into, but Claire's always been, you know, very detailed and helps me sort of take a step back and analyze things a lot more. And um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a massive aspect. And I think so many of the people that say, oh no, don't do it. Partnerships never work. That's the, that's their limiting belief because they've had experiences with it. It doesn't mean it has to be true for anybody else, you know? Yeah. And 
Matt, in your interview with uh, with Claire, she says she was told, I'll quite, I think verbatim, it's something like, the only shit that doesn't say was a partnership. She did say that, yeah. <laughs> well, we're still going so far, so, so far so good. We actually, say on, that, on that point then, we actually we do have now a third partner. Okay. So now our business is, we're 45% each and we, we have a 10% partner as well. So we, we have the controlling control share and we, we still run the business day to day. But yeah, we did, we did actually sell 10% back in uh, April or May this year. Yeah, talking about that, you, you were saying you took on some investment to help grow the brand. Like, talk to us about your plans and, and what's the vision of that? Yeah, in probably March it was. We It was going, there's a brand in, in the States. The, there's one or two products and they just, they just went crazy, um, which we didn't know. Because we, we launched in the August. Yeah. It was our first kind of spring. And it turns out spring was really good for our, for our niche. So sales went a bit wild and we we had that kind of, the good problem of we couldn't keep up with our growth. Yeah. So we were ordering a lot of stock and, and obviously our, our cash, cash, cash is king obviously in this business. So we just needed access to cash. Mm. Um, one thing with living in, so we're a British limited company, mm-hmm. but living in Spain at the time, it's hard to get access to loans. So we couldn't get any of the kind of COVID bounce back loans because of our address being in, in Spain. Yeah. Um, couldn't also get, get a loan in Spain because our business was in England. Mm-hmm. So we were a bit kind of yeah. stuck in that, in that area. So that led us to kind of look at a few other options, and, and one of those, yeah, was 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 selling a bit of equity um, to raise the capital, and started doing some heavy networking. Like we just went full like eighty twenty, like we just went all out for kind of three weeks. Yeah. The, the day after we had this conversation, Alex met a guy at a jujitsu class who just sold an Amazon business yeah. for seven figures, yeah. and he was interested in investing. So we had a meeting with him two days later. Like it was pretty wild how that all kind of that all aligned. It was like a kind of law of attraction thing. Yeah. Um, so in the end, yeah, we spoke to a couple of people who were super interested and we ended up yeah, selling 10% to a guy who's, who's based in London, um, who's a super smart guy. He, he knows a bit about e-com, but he's, he's, in, he's involved in kind of the, the tech world, which is Alex's background is a bit kind of tech, tech related. Yeah. Um, he's, he's in the SEO world in particular, which is something we're, we're pretty keen on if we're going to expand our brand off Amazon yeah, yeah. eventually. Yeah. Um, we think there's a pretty big opportunity in, sure. in, in, on the SEO side of things. Yeah. It's not too competitive. So the idea is, yeah, was to, to raise that cash. It was to solidify our position um, with our with our current products that we had, which which we've done. And to be honest, yeah, to be completely honest, like kind of our our the way that we that we did by our, our channel was we had a real clear route at this point to pretty huge money. It felt like the the the, the product list that we had that we just needed capital to to launch was really clear. So we we found them all, we found a great supplier. It was all kind of ready and all we needed at that point was the cash. Yeah. But a lot of our products are quite large. Mm-hmm. So we had a number of oversized products, which as an example, I'll tell you one example. We, we had one that we launched in May, which is about six bucks to produce, okay. um, five, six bucks to produce. When we got the quote initially, it was gonna be $11 shipping per unit, which I know it sounds like a lot still, but the numbers worked out because we could sell it. It's quite a high ticket item. Yeah. Um, now, so as an example, now the shipping on that product is $22 a unit. And the, so that's just killed that product completely. The ROI is just screwed. So quite a few of the products we had lined up were oversized, but we were really keen on them because generally with oversized, competition is a lot lower as well. Because yeah. um, people people don't want to touch that. And also with the, with the high ticket item, uh, again, people generally can't uh, don't don't like to test the waters. I think everyone stays in that 
20 to 40 dollar range yeah, yeah. um so we were going kind of a bit above that so that did put a uh, kind of put a bit of spanner in the works and when the kind of all the shipping went crazy so now where we're at at the minute is we're we're kind of pivoting which we find every every two or three months it feels like you kind of reassess everything sure. we, we try and reassess things like bi-weekly and, and monthly still but there's usually a new challenge and this this year it's definitely been the shipping's yeah. been ridiculous so yeah. we had to identify new products we still we've just launched uh four products this month oh wow um kind of in, in time for q4 oh, so nice. we're still confident with those but it's made us kind of put our socks up and kind of reassess and now you know we, we speak into that to that partner the the 10 percent shareholder it was good to kind of bounce ideas off him because he's got a pretty objective opinion on on amazon he's not actually in the even though it's good to be involved in it and you need to know what you're doing it's yeah. good to have his external opinion because sure. it's not it's not kind of convoluted at all yeah for sure I think, you know, that's the making of a, an entrepreneur as well, isn't it? That ability to pivot when challenges arise. I think there's a lot of people that will use this as an excuse to, you know, bail, but that just provides opportunity for guys like us that are going to find solutions, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so talk to us about the <clears throat> the journey you've been on. Like, I know you're quite open in your YouTube channel in terms of like numbers and stuff like that. You guys with this brand are about, what is it, like a quarter of a million in sales? Something like that? Yeah, we're around on that. I think we're about 35k yeah around 350 to 400k before this this year so i think i think end of year one was about yeah between 250 and 300 yeah um nice with the uk with obviously we had that second we had two brands at the yeah. start obviously so now we, we killed one brand so we're having to replace that yeah, yeah. that revenue but yeah so and then we kind of went off the mark we went straight into six figures pretty much yeah nice nice and then in terms of like you talked about a goal so four years you mentioned Alex seven to eight figure exit that kind of time frame like do you have it all mapped out like in terms of right this year we're going to do this much this year we're going to do that much or you just right here we know here's our end goal let's just keep launching products and see when we get there kind of thing it's, it's one thing we were I was literally to um to, to map the the other guy involved in the business we were just sort of uh writing out an email to him to send over to him to sort of discuss some things and this is one of the things that we keep coming back to, you know, when, when I say we, we try and reassess this like high level goal sort of thing, because, you know, we've got this ambitious goal of um, of a high seven, potentially eight, eight figure exit. So we have that as kind of like the end goal. And then we work backwards from that, you know, so what does that mean in terms of, um, you know, monthly revenue, if you're doing, yeah. you know, if, if you're doing 20% net, what does that sort of mean? So we want to be getting to, we want to be getting to the point where we're doing, at least 500k a month um purely yep. through amazon um and then ideally we want to try and build maybe in 50 to 100k off amazon um yeah in our niche where we're sort of working and because of my background my background's in seo um and then matt yes. who's the, the 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 other shareholder he his background is seo as well so at some point we're going to sort of map out the off Amazon side and, and sort of have that contribute. But we don't yeah. we don't really have it like like Tom said, we we did we felt we had a really clear path because of the, the product list that we had. Um and then the kind of shipping crisis hit and all of that went up. So yeah. that's where we've kind of had to pivot. Um and at now we're kind of at this point where we're still we're still a little bit back and forth with the direction that we take with the brand. But what we do know what what, yeah. what we want to do is I think nowadays there's more and more sort of um, there's more discussion around what what these aggregators and what these companies are looking for when they're buying brands, which I think yeah. is great because it gives you an insight into into what they're um, you know exactly what they're looking at. 
Um, yeah. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Tom Wang, for example. He's got quite a big YouTube channel yeah. and, and he exited his, yeah. um, I think it's Sedara Skincare. Mm-hmm. And he did, a re- he did a video recently where he was talking about um, not really the mistakes that he made, but some of the downsides to his brand at the time that meant his actual multiple for exit was lower than it could have been. Um, So what we're doing is we're looking at those sorts of things and we're trying to build the business with that in mind. So our goal is to exit it. So, you know, we want to build a varied product portfolio. We don't want, you know, 90% of the revenue to be coming through just one brand. Um, We're really building it with scalability in mind. So if somebody does come in, we have all the systems in place. We have, um, yeah. we, so basically we, we're going to be able to hopefully hand it over to whoever takes on the brand and and, um, and then they have this great opportunity to scale. So yeah, we have sort of the high level goals. We have, um, you know, an idea of where we want to go and we have like a plan A and a plan B. Um, but yeah, we, we kind of, at the minute, we're on this crossroads of exactly where do we go, mainly because of the, the shipping crisis. Yeah, it's a challenge, isn't it? Because you, I know I want to have this real clear roadmap of exactly where I'm going, but Amazon and e-commerce doesn't always seem to play ball. So uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting. Yeah. But I think it's uh, it's a great, you know, thing that you're doing, obviously, because it, I've always said to people that even if you don't see yourself selling a business, building a build a business that could be sold is always going to be a better business. A hundred, right? Yeah. And, and it's always going to yeah. be easier to manage and... I mean, the, the biggest thing that for me personally, that I think when you mentioned about being an entrepreneur, you know, and, and it, the way that it affects your mindset. And one of the things that Tom and I talk about a lot is how our mindset throughout this has just changed. So if you have said to us 12 months ago that we would have had a partner in the business and we would have sold some equity and raised this money, or we'd be talking to you on, on, on the podcast or whatever, we would have been a bit like maybe surprised or whatever. But now we kind of think that we can... that we can kind of get whatever we want. Like if, if, if we plan it and we, you know, we believe that we can do it. I know it's a bit cheesy, but we've, we've got that mindset where we can sort of, um, we can sort of do it. And, and now I think what we've been discussing lately is, um, most of, most of the Amazon model is around buying something from Alibaba, putting your logo on it and then just sending it to Amazon. But now what we're, we're gaining the confidence in that we can do is actually like, we can actually build a big e-commerce brand where Amazon is just one of the sales yeah. channels. Um, you know, we've got Absolutely. the skills, we've got the knowledge of how to do branding, of how to develop products. So there's no reason why we can't develop our own custom products. And then that protects you against some of the issues that a lot of Amazon sellers face. And I think that's one of the differences when we first started out to where we are now um, in terms of how we're approaching it. And I think going back to like the how you know the, the the sellability or the saleability i don't know what the right term is of a brand if yeah. we have a portfolio of products that we've custom developed ourselves um that just makes it that bit more attractive to a potential buyer because it that those products can't just be easily copied there they might have a patent they might be you know they're going to be trademarked and all the rest of it so it, it, yeah. it just gives you that moat of security and and that helps yeah. you get that higher multiple if you want to sell I think as, as well, they have, we've, we've met that through the reaching out to people and when we were raising the equity and obviously, like I mentioned earlier, the, the guy that Alex met, who just sold a business for seven figures. It was, it's pretty amazing to meet these people. Cause I mean, that guy was, we're both early thirties. He was, I think 31. Um, but talking to him when he's, I think it was a three or four year business and an exit. And you discuss kind of tactics with them and, and we discussed what we were doing. We showed, obviously showed them our, our brand and our plans and, 
it, it's pretty it feels great when they're like yeah you guys are on the right track here it's like keep keep going this way like you'll you'll get there because these people these guys and girls are like they're very smart we've actually we've met a few people now who've had seven figure exits and they all definitely they work very hard mm. they're definitely very switched on and, and, and motivated but they're not they're not like there's nothing magic but we've seen yeah, yeah. we've seen their brands like they're just they just executed the business really well yeah. so it gave us so much more belief that we, we can do it as well mm. yeah absolutely and you know, like you said, all, all of this learning journey that you're on, the experiences you've had will, will definitely help you do that and, you know, build something that's, uh, you know, that's, that's quite uh, quite impressive. And I think like uh, Alex was saying, you know, the, the other aspects of what you can bolt on as well, I think the, it is well and truly the era of the brand builder, right? You know, as you're saying, Alex, it was, uh, I think uh, Marketplace Pulse in their last year review of uh, the whole e-commerce space, they said it, there's like Amazon seller 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. You know, 1.0, you know, 10 years ago was the reseller, this realization that you could sell products on Amazon made by other people. 2.0 was like, oh, I could run my own private label and it's, you know, white box with a black and white logo on it and make loads of sales and it was easy. Whereas 3.0 is, is truly the era of the brand builder, someone that's going to put some effort into building good products. And I think, you know, um, that's a good thing. It, of course, it's a little bit harder because you can't just sell some crappy product on from China on, on Amazon, but it causes you to build a better business. And, and you know that's what you guys are doing and it's, it's exciting to watch well, one question to you Bennett have you had to I'm not sure where you where you source all of your products but with the way shipping has gone have you had to source products in any other countries and change up how you're doing your business we, we haven't done uh, other countries yet um you know certainly open to that but obviously Ch china is very hard to beat right for production levels and um you know mm -hmm. pricing and they're uh, incredible what they do so um but we definitely are looking at smaller you know uh, price to uh volume like size volume ratio um you know the cheaper like i know someone who owns a jewelry brand right now and i am so jealous of him you know like ridiculous the, the the size to pricing ratios are just unbelievable yeah, yeah. um but we yeah most of our sort of best selling products are sort of shoebox size and so you know we're looking at much smaller products um you know to add to the the portfolio so it is uh that the brand is a little bit more insulated from shipping fluctuations and i think any seller would be wise to look at other revenue streams but we, you know we're not just looking at that we're looking at other you know digital products and and that's the thing i think you know is when you build a brand you're not just selling products on amazon you're you're providing solutions for people and so you know we think about what products we are selling at the moment what people are they are we selling them to and, and what other problems do they have within the niche and how can we solve them in ways that don't cost an absolute crap ton to ship from china i said one, one tip which is which has been great for us because the, the niche that we're in is uh it it did get a bit of a boost because of covid uh, we kind of wrote we did definitely ride a bit of a wave with, yeah. with that one but like we just joined a load of like facebook and reddit communities yeah. and you just have such a good view into their world yeah, and yeah, how yeah. they think what problems they have it's, just, it's such a massive tool that I, don't, I think most people know that but like if you don't know that definitely do it because this is is mega useful yeah that's a great thought getting in the mind of your customer is such a key hey yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy the, the insights that we've got from some of the groups and, and, and even with our product research now, I think that's, um, we always come down to like, what is the actual pain point that you're trying to solve? And then that, that, that makes yeah. things um, a little bit clearer. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. No, that's really good. Uh, and you guys are like, um, like I said, documenting all this on YouTube, uh, right? And, and we'll obviously leave the, the links for that in the, the show notes. Um, but what can people expect when they come and check out your channel? What, what are they going to find? 
honestly. Yeah, honestly. That kind of <laughs> <laughs> entrepreneurship. It, it's like, it's like it, yeah. it, the whole the whole thing was kind of born out of um, as we touched on a little bit before, a, a little bit of frustration with. Um, it's very difficult to know who you can kind of really. Um, I don't want to say I don't want to say trust, but you can trust sometimes because you know yeah. there's a lot of information going out about, and obviously people are you know, trying to sell courses and, and all that stuff. And there's no, there's nothing wrong with that because there are people that are doing that, you know, that have got a lot of knowledge and it's, and it's great to share. But we just really wanted to, to try and be, yeah, as honest and transparent as possible and, and actually document what we're doing, um, you know, to try, try and meet other like-minded people. Like, you know, because of that, we've, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we're speaking to you. And um, yeah, we feel like that Amazon, there's a big enough pie for everybody to build a business and learn from each other sure. and, you know, make some money. Yeah whether you just want to make a bit of money on the side or you want to sort of completely change your life and do it and have a new career. But um, yeah, we just wanted to, we, the whole point was just to, to be transparent about the results and, um, and just be, just be honest with it. Um, so yeah. yeah. I think one thing we did out as well, which, which we, again, as you mentioned earlier, we kind of keep having these learnings every couple of months yeah. and, and kind of growing as, as a business. And we, we were like, for, for example, that month and a half, two months ago, we were like, our revenue was, we were absolutely flying. Like our sales were going really well. Um, we had a number of products online, um, in particular, the one that was the, the high ticket item. So like, we had these crazy revenue numbers and we were on track to, I mean, we did our, our biggest every month, but we could have easily kept that going. It would have been kind of easily surpassed 50, 60K months. And, you know, you can show that on the YouTube channel and say, look, we're doing 50K, we're doing 50K. But we just took a step back and we were like, this, this cash flow is not working yeah. at all. Yeah. Obviously, because the shift went crazy as well. But to the oversized product, we were going to have to place a huge order for that. So we had all the work was done with photo, like professional photography, lifestyle photos, video made, um, good reviews, selling really well. And we we've pulled that product. We just we we put a pin in it and and we were ranking well everything. But that was quite a hard decision because we had so much sunk cost and sunk time into it. Yeah. Um, but. To take a step back and realize that, that 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 that's great, we can create a lot of revenue, but the ROI just wasn't good enough. Yeah. It was taking such a hit, and it was either tie up a load of our cash and hope and pray that the the, the shipping comes down again, or is that money better utilized elsewhere? Because we've learned so much from making that product, and we've we've still kind of we got it back to break to break even, which was obviously not not amazing, but not not the worst thing ever. Oh, yeah. It was just a bit a bit of sunk time, but what we learned from it was was key, and now. We actually applied that to the rest of our business. So we intentionally slowed down all of our sales. We turned up our PPC and refined it a lot better. We, with Alex, Alex kind of runs our PPC. He runs a pretty tight ship. So our A cost is always pretty low and, and the, the TAC cost is, is, is great, to be honest. But we slowed it down. We've increased the ROI. And now like we're all about the ROI now. Yeah. So no, we won't launch anything unless it's got a good buffer. Yeah. Um, because it's very easy to kind of look at, say, the Helium 10 profitability calculator and see like, you know, 100 and say like 100% ROI, you're like, oh, great, doubling the money. But you don't, you just don't end up with that. With that. Yeah, There's yeah. always things that, that come up. So really now we're looking at things that are 150% ROI plus, yeah. um, ideally obviously higher that, that give us that buffer and allow us to actually keep the cash generating through the business and, and expand kind of organically rather than kind of giving yourself that false belief that you're, you're flying when the reality is just, it's just revenue. Yeah. Really and it, just to piggyback on that is, is, is that, that was exactly kind of, what was frustrating sometimes when we when we were watching some other channels and stuff is is 
listening to what they were saying about the profit, the, the, the revenue and all of that type of stuff. And we were, we were in there doing it and we were like, it's not as easy as these people are making it sound. Yeah. And I think it's, yeah. it, it's, yeah. it's just not nice to think that um, people are sort of really exaggerating stuff just to sort of benefit yeah. financially. And um, I'm, I'm by, not, not by any means saying that the, everybody out there on YouTube and all that stuff is, is doing that, but there definitely some people are. So, yeah, that was and like we covered this in the YouTube channel. How you know we I, we did over thirty five thousand dollars in sales on on that one particular product, but we broke even on it, um, and we ended up you know yeah. um, like, like Tom said, putting a pin in it. So those are the sorts of things that we wanted to share on the channel, where perhaps like you know we we could just cover the high level stuff and say, well, this is the sales that we're doing, but nobody's really going to learn from that, and we think that you know long yeah. long term. Um, you know, it's it's just benef more beneficial for everybody to have a little bit of transparency. Yeah, definitely. No, it's good. Well, recommend anybody listening and watching, definitely go check the channel out. Follow along these guys. It's going to be an exciting journey to watch over the next few years. Um, any, anything else to add before we, uh, before we sign off, chaps? Any last bits of advice or anything you'd uh, want to say? I would say, like, network and reach out to people online as much as you can because... The world's a bit of a different place now as it was a few years ago. And like Alex, just reach out to yourself, Ben, and just start start chatting and you end up end up doing something like this. And yeah. it's just people are very accessible now and, and generally people are good and they want to share they do want to share knowledge. Um so I, de I definitely recommend just talking to as many people as you can. Uh maybe not in like the Helium Ten Facebook group, like fifty thousand people <laughs> and a lot of a lot of crap comments, but uh, find those little communities of people that, that think the same as you and uh yeah, yeah it'll be mega beneficial. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think a little bit of that comes from, you know, people are quite secretive about the products that they sell naturally, you know, because there's copycats and stuff like that. But And, and I think it creates that mindset of um, just trying to do everything alone. But yeah, just to bar that up, definitely, you know, find a partner, find people that you can chat to about, um, about Amazon because, uh, yeah, it, it really helps. Awesome, guys. Well, listen, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate your time. I know you're busy and planning for your next set of travels all around the world. Not jealous much. <laughs> uh, um, uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks a lot, Ben. Ben, I'm getting married on Saturday, Ben. So my, my life, my traveling life is coming to a close. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. Well, congratulations in advance. Getting married. Uh... I've honestly got to go and pick up the rings now. I've been getting phone calls during the podcast. I'm like, I'm busy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not doing exactly, it yet. <laughs> exactly. But getting married can be a great tax benefit when you're a business owner. So there you go. It's a little bit of a secret for you. Though. That's why I'm doing it. I still, that's actually in my speech. There might be one benefit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. good stuff all right before we segue too much thanks for coming on boys and uh yeah check everyone that's listening check these guys out on youtube and uh i'd love to get you back on again in six months or a year or something like that and track the progress and, and chat it through more that'd be amazing thanks a lot ben thanks for having us great thanks, thanks ben right, we'll see you soon Oh, what an episode that was. Honestly, uh, we hadn't put that long in the diary. We ran way over because we were just all enjoying the conversation so much. You know, fellow brand builders in a room talking shop together. And uh, it was just an enjoyable conversation to have. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And uh, if you did, make sure you do check out Tom and Alex's YouTube channel. Check out their content from the show notes uh, or the description below if you're watching on YouTube. And listen, if you have enjoyed the episode so far, I would massively appreciate for us as a new podcast leaving a review. This is something that you are either going to or currently do ask your Amazon uh, customers or your e-commerce customers to do for you. So I'm asking you to return the favor for me. Please do leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. It really does help us to grow 
grow the podcast, get great guests on, and we really want to keep delivering value to you. And so you helping us do that is helping us hopefully help you. Uh, I've enjoyed this conversation massively, and I will look forward to seeing you in the next episode real soon.